So have you ever been confronted with something that changed your perspective? Well, one church decided to do something out of the ordinary, something they'd never done before. They decided to show care for one another in what they called the 40 days of love. Each week, members of the congregation were encouraged to show their love and appreciation in different ways. The first week, they were encouraged to send notes to people who had made positive contributions to their lives. Well, after the service, uh, as you probably would assume may happen, a man comes up to the pastor to speak to him about this. The pastor actually described the man as kind of a macho, former football player who loved to hunt and fish and a strong, self-made man. The man told the pastor, I love you um, and I love this church, but I'm not going to participate in this 40 days of love stuff. It's, it's okay for some folks, but it's a little too sentimental and sappy for me. Well, a week goes by, and the next Sunday, this man waits after church to see the pastor again. He says, I want to apologize for what I said last Sunday. He's like, I, I didn't really want to do this 40 days of love, but I realized on Wednesday that I was wrong. Wednesday? The pastor responded. What happened on Wednesday? Well, you see, <laughs> I got one of those letters, the man said. The letter came as a total surprise. It was from a person the man never expected to hear from. It touched him so deeply, he now carries it around in his pocket all the time. Every time I read it, he said, I get tears in my eyes. It was a transforming moment in this man's life. Suddenly, he realized he was loved by others in the church. This changed his entire outlook. I was so moved by that letter, he said, I sat down and wrote 10 letters myself. See, the truth is we all want others to care for us. But we rarely put the time in to care for others in the way we ourselves would want to be cared for. And some of that may be we're just not being intentional. And, and sometimes maybe even just a simple lack of the know-how, how to connect with people. Well, today we'll be looking at a friendship in Scripture that'll give us insight to see if we provide the care we ought to with others. And especially more so when things are hardest. We'll be looking at the friendship between David and Jonathan. And specifically, what it is that made Jonathan the friend that he was to David. See, some of this you may already be familiar with, but hopefully today we'll actually see some insights um, that you may not have considered, I may not have considered previously. We'll be looking at specifically three things to pay attention to when we want to make sure that we're providing the best care. Number one, we're going to be looking at build a relationship. Build a relationship. It all starts there. Number two, we're going to look at share concern. Share concern. And number three, we're going to look here is provide protection. Provide protection. Number one, build a relationship. We'll start back in verse 57 of chapter 17 of 1 Samuel. It says this, Then as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. And Saul said to him, Whose son are you, young man? So David answered, I am the son of your servant Jesse the Bethlehemite. Now when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Saul took him that day and would not let him go home to his father's house anymore. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan took off the robe that was on him and gave it to David with his armor, even to his sword and his bow and his belt. So we see here 
David has just returned from probably one of the greatest victories Israel is known for, the slaying of Goliath the giant. David has just come back to King Saul to return the proof of the win by bringing back his, the giant's head. As David comes back, what's interesting is that Saul asks whose son David is. What's kind of strange about this question is that David earlier in the book of 1 Samuel is called to play before Saul when his spirit was distressed. And it says that Saul loved him greatly and he became his armor bearer. Well, there could be a couple different reasons why he asked this question. And all of them are viable options, though some are probably less viable than others. Number one, not everything in 1 Samuel may be set as purely chronological in order, though most things seem to be so. Number two, could be a significant time may have passed from that setting when David played the harp until this time of Goliath's defeat, making it more difficult for Saul to recognize David, having grown up some more. Or number three, it's possible that Saul actually knows more than he's letting on here and is simply asking for confirmation so he has the correct family to exempt from the taxes we see here in verse 25. Well, whatever the reason is, what we really want to focus on here is Jonathan and the friendship or relationship that is formed with David. We notice that something moves Jonathan as he sees David speaking to his father to where a relationship is formed. There's something that was unique about David that Jonathan loved. You know, he, he's just different. You ever meet someone that's just different than the rest? You know, a lot of us know many people. But certain people, they just stick out to us. You have anybody in particular in mind? See, you may not be able to even put a finger on it, but sometimes you feel an instant connection with certain people. There's something in common that you share that forms the relationship that you have with that special someone. Whether it's that spouse or friend or coworker or even a family member. I mean, those that have multiple family members usually have some that they're closer with than others. This friendship that's formed shortly after this very hard time in Israel um, really is stunning because what they don't know is how did this friendship even come to be? I mean, Goliath was out there mocking their God and asking for someone in their nation to rise up, and here you go. David rises to the challenge. As a side note, take this time to develop relationships with others, maybe, that you have not taken the time before. You see, there's always someone that God wants you to connect with, and you've probably been waiting for them to reach out. But be bold. Make the first move. It says here that the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. A close relationship was formed here as soon as David finished speaking to King Saul. There was something about David that stood out to Jonathan. You have to understand Something interesting is going on here. David was just a shepherd boy. Jonathan here is next in line to the throne, being the oldest of Saul. Something must have caught Jonathan's attention about David. Jonathan must have been impressed with how David handled himself and went out to fight Goliath when his father and everyone else, including Jonathan himself, was too afraid. See, Jonathan at this time was already a warrior as well. He had already killed 20 Philistines it was a nation that was actually at war with Israel during this time, with just his armor bearer. Something was different about David and his character. That's what stood out to Jonathan. What's very interesting to point out here is how backwards it seems that David gets to the throne. 
Jonathan is in line to the throne, being the oldest son of Saul, with lots of authority already in the kingdom, having men under his leadership, and he finds a connection with David, the youngest son of Jesse, who really was just a shepherd boy that played a harp for his father, King Saul. As in any time of hardship that a nation is faced with, it wasn't Saul, the king, or even Jonathan, his son, that stepped up to the plate to face the giant. It was David, a young man who took care of sheep and fended off wolves and bears and came to try to get the sheep. David, in his lower position in life, rose to the challenge and proved to be a greater warrior than the rest of the men of Israel. You see, both Jonathan and David were warriors in Israel. They were not afraid of battle. Jonathan and David here, they form a covenant or a promise to be there for one another. And it says that Jonathan loves David as his own soul. It seems very similar to the statement that Jesus tells us as disciples, to love our neighbor as ourselves. Now, do you and I care for others with that kind of love? That love that emulates that we ourselves are loved. This is why the first commandment God gives us to love God with everything we have, all of our being, and then to love our neighbor as ourself is so important. Anyone that wants love and wants to be loved needs to understand how they themselves have been loved first before they can love others, particularly how they've been loved by God before they can love others. Your love for others will be directly proportionate to how you see yourself through the eyes of God. You see, you, if you think that God doesn't care about your well-being, with the commandments he's laid out in scripture, you'll do everything you can to show that you know what love is better than he does by simply ignoring or even blatantly disobeying what he says. And you'll actually end up hurting others in the process as well. Instead of hurting, helping them, you'll be hurting them. But if you know God loves me and he's commanded me to stay away from certain things like greed and covetousness, for example, that are prevalent in this culture because he actually cares for me, then you begin to realize that this is where you can show that love to others as you've been loved by building relationships. See, what makes it unique here is that Jonathan feels such a connection to David that he realizes that David will be the one that God uses in the future. He actually gives him certain articles of clothing here to show his loyalty to David. He gives him his robe, armor, sword, bow, and belt. Jonathan loved David to the point of humbling himself and honoring David before he ever became king. Here's a huge point of application. Don't miss this. This is important. Scripture actually tells us that life and death are in the power of the tongue in Proverbs. So as we see here in this text, don't wait until someone gets to that certain status in life in order to honor them. Show those that you have or will build that close relationship with that you want to build that relationship on trust. We have a simple, similar uh, thing happen when a couple gets married, for example. They exchange their vows. They promise to build that relationship on trust and commitment. You see, the relationship that's built on trust before the years of that relationship are ever lived out usually is a solid relationship. Don't be afraid of making a commitment or promise, if you will, with somebody. That provides security in that relationship. That's exactly what God has done for us. He's promised us a future home in glory because of what Christ has done. He even knows that we can't be trusted in our commitment, yet he still promises us a certain future. Now, you won't be able to build this kind of relationship with everyone. You won't actually have that kind of time. I know I'm trying to constantly connect with 
more people, uh, but it seems that I get frazzled in trying to understand how can I connect better. But you can only give so much to those that you care most for. Building those relationships with a commitment of trust. I know some of us have a hard time connecting with others because we'd like to connect and build more relationships and be there for everyone else. Uh, but let's stop and take some time to evaluate the ones we've already made commitments to. How are we doing? See, we may form the relationship with the closest to us as Jonathan does here with David, but we know that there needs to be more than just a one-time action or even a promise of commitment. We actually need to share concern. Number two, share concern. We're going to be looking at chapter 19, verses 1 through 3 here. It says this, it says, Now Saul spoke to Jonathan his son and to all his servants that they should kill David. But Jonathan, Saul's son, delighted greatly in David. So Jonathan told David, saying, My father Saul seeks to kill you. Therefore, please be on your guard until morning and stay in a secret place and hide. And I will go out and stand beside my father in the field where you are. And I will speak with my father about you. Then what I observe, I will tell you. See, time passes, and David actually ends up marrying Saul's daughter, Michael, essentially making Jonathan his brother-in-law. Saul, Jonathan's father, is getting very jealous of the attention David's getting throughout the kingdom. David's showing Saul and the rest of those under his leadership up with his servant type of leadership. It says that all of Israel and Judah loved David. We see that earlier in the chapters. Saul, who actually likes the spotlight, which let's admit it, we all do. <laughs> he tries to kill David multiple times with different strategies and fails each time. This is one of those times, and Saul brings it up to Jonathan, that they need to take David out. He needs to be eliminated. It says here that Jonathan delighted greatly in David. See, Jonathan cared deeply for David. Here's how we know that Jonathan showed real concern. He actually let David know what's going on. Here's what my father's up to. He's not hiding any longer. He actually wants you killed. Jonathan specifically tells David to hide and he would find out more and be sure to let him know if it was safe to reveal himself to Saul again. It seems like Saul is very unstable here. He gets very envious of David. Then he doesn't. Then he gets jealous all over again. And then he finds another group here to discuss another plot to murder David. What's interesting to see is that David is always constantly in the loop because Jonathan cares about him. What about you? Do you have relationships like this where those closest to you, you are concerned about, or they are concerned about for you, they warn you, and they let you know, hey, something might be off here. You see, sometimes concern from others can come across as uh, disingenuous. And we've all had people in our lives that were concerned for us, but because we never really built the relationship with them, uh, we didn't really know them that well. They didn't really know us well. We just dismissed their concern and didn't think much of it. Maybe at times they were genuinely, they actually cared for us. Maybe they were even right in their concern. But because we never built that relationship with trust, we just ignored their warnings. See, if you have those close relationships with others, but there's not been something that you've actually raised to them sometimes um, as a concern lately, maybe it's because you've just lost some of that connection you once had. Maybe since some time has passed, you just don't feel right in addressing what it is that hurts you to see going on in their life. Give them the best care by sharing your concern with them. 
If they're genuinely concerned for you as well, take it genuinely from them without just dismissing it. David could have just said, well, God promised I'd be king anyways. I don't need to take precautions. But he didn't. He actually listened to the concern of, of Jonathan here because Jonathan was his friend. Be very careful because at times what might happen is you and I may be warned by somebody uh, that seems to care for us and that advice may seem good, but it's actually contrary to the advice we might get from somebody that actually cares but may not have been able to spend that as much time with us lately as we would have liked. See, the way you and I are to evaluate that concern or warning coming from somebody is by going to the scripture as we are today and checking to see if the advice is correct. And I'm not talking about getting this car or that car, buying Crest or Colgate toothpaste. I'm, I'm specifically talking about those things that affect your soul and your walk with God. Someone coming by and telling you, you know, you really need to be more patient with your kids. Versus the person says, ah, you know, it's okay. We all get frustrated at times uh, without even showing you that you have a propensity to have a sinful habit here that's developing. See, we need to share concern for others but especially share concern for those you've built the closest relationships with by being available if they need something, letting them know you're glad to see them. Warn them about that poor decision that they're about to make. Don't stop here, though. Don't stop at just sharing concern. Be sure to follow up with what Jonathan does here by providing protection. The third thing we're going to be looking at here is provide protection, verses 4 through 7. It says this, it says, Thus Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul his father and said to him let not the king sing against, sin against his servant against David because he has not sinned against you and because his works have been very good toward you for he took his life in his hands and killed the Philistine and the Lord brought about a great deliverance for all Israel you saw and rejoiced why then will you sin against the innocent blood to kill David without a cause so David, uh, so Saul heeded the voice of Jonathan, and Saul swore, As the Lord lives, he shall not be killed. Then Jonathan called David, and Jonathan told him all these things. So Jonathan brought David to Saul, and he was in his presence as in times past. See, Jonathan not only warned David about his father's plot to kill him, he does something even more. Incredible here. He actually goes back and protects David by putting in a good word for him. In fact, Jonathan recaps what David has done in the past and tells his father essentially, David actually put his life on the line for you and this whole nation by killing Goliath. You were grateful for it and even rewarded it, him for it. Why would you now turn around and kill him? He hasn't done anything to deserve being killed. See, Jonathan is such a good friend. He goes beyond just being concerned for David. He goes out on a limb to protect David by talking to his father. He successfully actually convinces Saul here to withdraw the murder request and brings back David safely to join them. See, this is the kind of relationship we should all strive for with others. One that not only shares concern for others, but one that also protects. It's one it's one thing to just mention that what we're bothered by and concerned about. It's another to make sure that the situation's resolved and we protect the ones we are concerned for. See, Jonathan followed through to make sure David received the protection he needed. If you're going to share your concern with someone, don't leave them hanging by just telling them something bad may happen. Protect them. It's easy to point out 
when someone didn't follow your advice. Be sure to step in on their behalf if they've fallen into deep depression, maybe anxiety or even, even sin, by protecting them rather than just exposing them. Jonathan didn't go back to Saul and say, hey, you know, here's where David hid. I'm, let me tell you where to, where to go find him. That kind of exposure may have brought the end of David right then and there. It's no accident that Jonathan was there protecting David during this very dangerous time. It's also no accident that you and I are in similar situations where we need to protect others and offer protection to others that are closest to us. Not every concern we have for those closest to us needs to be mentioned to others. Stop doing that. You're hurting the very trust that you built that relationship on. Now, of course, there are certain situations and grievous things that need to be reported to others, like theft, adultery, abuse, um, you know, as we should. But most things that we're concerned for when it comes to those closest to us don't need to be repeated to the rest of the world. Maybe this is exactly where we've lost most of our trust. We've exposed rather than protected people. Some of us have a horrible past that we wouldn't want exposed. And though we're not that way any longer, the trust has been broken when that past history is shared by others to those that don't really know us or care for us, as if that's who we are currently. See, Scripture tells us that God doesn't remember our sin any longer. And he doesn't even define us by our sin if we placed our faith in the finished work of Christ. It's been dealt with on the cross. It's fully paid. See, some of us, we may have a kind of a slightly different problem. We know people who have done amazing things in the past. They have an amazing past history. They've walked faithfully with God. They love their families, been there for others. And we just found out that they didn't listen to our concern and made a terrible decision which led them into sin again. We have a choice to make now. Do we, do we try to help them get back up and realize that we could just as easily fall as they just did? Or do we define them now by what they've just done and leave them fending for themselves? See, protection is so important in our care for others. It should not be discarded just because it makes us look better. We've all sinned. Scripture clearly states that we shouldn't just wallow in self-pity. We need to get back up. We need to fight another day. But it may take a while to recover. We don't need to just show concern. We need to protect or guard others to make sure they're safe. David went back to what he was doing in Saul's presence, including playing the harp. Now, don't beat yourself up. <laughs> if, you're, if your protection or concern for others sometimes doesn't equate to what you want. Jonathan did what he did here, and he was able to protect David. But time passed, and David was not really safe every time, and Jonathan wasn't there to help him out every time. In fact, just a short time later, Saul tries to kill him again. And Jonathan's not around. Just because that's the case and you want to make sure you try to help and be a concern and be concerned and protect others doesn't mean that you always will be able to do that. But do whatever it takes to protect the ones you love in the way that you can. Whether it's the terrible friends that they may be hanging out with, the stuff they're exposed to with what they watch or listen or read, or even others' terrible advice that they need to just completely avoid. Be concerned. Protect. See, we've looked at what it looks like to provide not only the best care for those we love, but by building a relationship, by showing concern and providing protection. Here's one thing that we can be assured of. All these things that we just mentioned, God has offered us through the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. He has done all these things by identifying with us. 
in sending Jesus Christ to be born on this earth, live a perfect life, die a horrible death, so that you and I can have a relationship with him. Now that's before any of us did anything or gave him anything. He asks us to change our mind about our sin and to trust what he's done on our behalf. God cares for his children and he's always concerned when we don't live as we ought to. But he also promises protection to those that trust him. In fact, scripture says this one thing. He says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. So in conclusion, as we finish, just a simple question regarding our attempt at providing the best care for others. Number one, and the only question we have, what area do you struggle most with in providing the best care? Is it building the relationship with trust? Have you broken trust lately? Or maybe it's a, a sharing a concern for others. Do you have a hard time telling those that you love most where they may be off? Maybe it's time to do that again. Or maybe it's providing protection. Maybe you need to cut back on sharing some of that stuff you know about those you care most about with others that really have nothing to do with that situation. Whatever your weak area is, do the best that you can with God's grace to provide the best care to those around you.